you know, we've already seen robots delivering room service. That's definitely going to become way more prevalent. It's going to become the norm in the next five to 10 years. Welcome to the Future of Work, the podcast that looks at, believe it or not, the future of work. It's brought to you by Wanda for their blog Chaos and Rocket Fuel. Wanda are productivity and human behavior specialists who use technology to help us humans on our digital journey from disruption to transformation. And you can check them out at wanda.com. That's W-N-D-Y-R.com. I'm Doug Folks, and along with Wanda's CEO, Claire Hadar, we regularly meet up with industry experts and mavericks to get their take on work in the future. While the pandemic might have almost closed hotels and the hospitality industry around the world, but that doesn't stop us from chatting to Kira Crossan, a tech entrepreneur who combined a degree in business information systems with a family background in hotels to found wedding dates 13 years ago. Kira is an expert in sales, marketing and PR for small businesses. Under the leadership of her infectious enthusiasm, industry knowledge and entrepreneurial drive, she has won numerous awards including Innovative Business 2019 and the All-Ireland Business Awards and Best Online PR at the 2011 Social Media Awards. She was also accredited as a thought leader in international hospitality marketing by the All-Ireland Business Foundation in December 2019. Today we will look at how the hospitality industry plans to bounce back after the pandemic and how your stay will change with the introduction of AI. And will there even be jobs in hospitality once the robots arrive? So let's jump in and find out exactly the current state of the hospitality industry. I think the hospitality industry is by nature, I think, quite a positive industry to be in. And I suppose the last few months have been absolutely so challenging. You know, it's been beyond difficult for hoteliers and everybody in the hospitality sector. Um, But I think the general sentiment, you know, around it was, you know, this is a health health issue you know the pandemic it's not like you know i i lived and traded through the financial crisis in 2008 2009 and 10 and you know there was a lot of anger at that time whereas this it was definitely felt different because it did feel like you know this is something that it's affecting old young poor rich it's all over the globe and it did you know we did have a sense that we were you know all all in it together um and i suppose looking forward um as i said it's it's generally you know the people who work in hospitality i i always say the clue is in the name right so it's it's about you know people are hospitable generally and they're, they're generally a good-natured bunch so i do think there is a lot of positivity as we look ahead into the future. We've had a really tough few months, but, you know, there was some good signs, uh, good recovery in the industry during the summer months, particularly outside of cities. So cities worldwide just suffered massively. Um, But during the summer, as, you know, lockdowns eased in various countries around the world, people wanted to get out of the city, get out of their homes and take breaks. And they generally went to the beach, to the mountains, to the countryside. So resorts and um, leisure destinations actually did quite well in summer 2020. And a lot of them were 
nearly at full occupancy. However, you know, then of course, coming into the autumn, it's, it's massively quietened down again. So they have been through the mill for sure, but the sentiment looking ahead is positive, particularly as we're already seeing the vaccine being rolled out, which is, which is unbelievable. I like the differentiation that you've made there about this is a health issue. I haven't considered it from that lens and that, you know, it's not like the hospitality industry itself is going through a crisis. It's there is a crisis outside of this space that has come in and impacted this. And that's it's actually a very important differentiator because it's it puts a different slant on where to pivot and where to, and how to innovate, really. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kira, from my side, hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too, Doug. I'm going to move quickly away from the pandemic uh, and just focus more on the software side of the hospitality industry. I think the hospitality, it's fair to say that the fundamentals of hospitality hasn't changed in, in many years, but the tech that's coming in has changed it dramatically. Mm-hmm. Can you just give me some of your thoughts around the biggest changes that have happened with regards to technology within hospitality? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, you know, happening at, at a fairly rapid pace. I mean, like all industries, right, technology is having having a big impact. But I suppose you've hit the nail on the head there. You know, the, the fundamentals of the industry haven't changed massively. We are seeing, you know, tech advancements, both front of house and back of house. So, you know, a lot of changes would be happening in particular on the marketing side. So traditionally, you know, hotels and, and venues and, and restaurants would have marketed themselves locally and local papers by putting up posters and, and signage. Whereas now, you know, all of that is moving online or, or the vast majority of it. So I'd say that's probably where the, you know, some of the biggest change is happening is really on the marketing side and advances with AI technology and really understanding the customer and and bringing them on that journey quicker and more efficiently. I think that's probably where the biggest change is happening. Kira, can you actually give us a few specific examples there? And what I'd love is if you can, because you specifically called out marketing, which is highly relevant to our listeners, because if you look at the thousands of companies that we as an organization serve, we predominantly work within the marketing departments. And so I know that for our listeners, this would actually be a very interesting piece to to dive into a little bit. Do you mind giving some you know, very practical examples of where you're seeing that change happening within marketing? Absolutely. So I suppose a huge amount of marketing is happening now on social media connecting with guests or potential guests on social media and bringing them through that journey. You know, remarketing is massive across the industry with ads. You know, hotels are now having to, to deal with and, and restaurants and bars are, are having to deal with people, you know, making reservations via Facebook Messenger or via an Instagram DM in addition to their typical, you know, booking process, which I suppose when you when you look back that, you know, the transformation that has happened in digital in the hospitality sector 20 years ago, you know, hotel were just getting websites and they were very basic brochure websites and then they started getting booking engines and then you know about 13 14 years ago booking.com and hotels.com those websites absolutely burst onto the scene and they would be known in the industry as OTAs so online travel agents and you know that absolutely disrupted the whole market and then you know people were really comparing rate and you know it became very price sensitive so the the whole industry has been through a lot in terms of marketing and now they're trying to deal with social media on top of their websites as well and the next thing I mean it's here already but it's it's only going to be more prevalent for the industry 
is um, artificial intelligence and understanding the guest journey and personalizing it to give them a really seamless experience. So let's zero in on the AI changes. How are those changes and the personalization of the guest experience changing actual jobs in the industry? Well, I think there's more people now in, you know, that work in the industry or let's say even say industry adjacent that have those types of skills. So, um, you know, for me, I, I run a software business, but it serves the hospitality industry. So I don't work in hospitality, but I'm adjacent to it. And so everything that goes on in that industry affects me. So there'll be more businesses like mine popping up to support the industry where, you know, Hotels and bars and restaurants might not necessarily have data analysts and AI experts in-house. You know, they can use companies like mine and other companies to to service that need for them. So I suppose there's more businesses popping up around the industry, if you you get me, um, as opposed to specifically working within it. Which is interesting because, and I I really like that, because like one of the the challenges that we navigate with our customers is the fact that AI is coming into companies and the fact that we're becoming smarter about the customer experience and where people get freaked out about that is the fact that they think they're going to lose a whole bunch of jobs, you know, and companies stress about it because they're thinking, how are we going to manage that transition? We absolutely want to do it, but at the same time, we don't want to harm our people and do wrong by our people. But at the same time, they're also looking at it going, how are we going to handle the crisis of the skills change that comes within that? And what you're essentially sharing with us here is that because you have this support infrastructure that's rising up around um, industries is that a transfer of skills actually becomes so much easier because somebody who before was literally siloed to just the hospitality industry actually now has the ability to expand their skill set and move into one of these support functions, which is exciting because it opens up career paths and it opens up completely new job opportunities for people. Absolutely. And I suppose people that have traditionally worked in hospitality, there's a huge amount of upskilling going on in the industry. They're exposed to a lot more now. You know, there's more conferences and webinars and training provided to people in, in the hospitality sector now than, than there was five years ago, 10 years ago. So I see it time and time again, people that would have been customers of mine that have, would have worked in hotels, maybe a sales marketing manager in a hotel or in a, in a hotel chain and suddenly they're being poached basically by companies like mine software businesses or tech businesses that want that industry experience and bring that in to their technology business so I mean I've done it myself I, you know I've hired existing customers and, and my UK sales manager um, you know she used to be a, a banqueting manager in a hotel and now she works in wedding dates and she's she's now selling software so she has a completely different skill set now than she did when she was working in 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 the hotel but she's still using a lot of those core skills which are you know people skills really is probably the biggest one and but also the the depth of industry knowledge and then it also brings I suppose a level of credibility so if you are selling into an industry you 
damn well better understand that industry, right? So you need to know the yeah, ins, exactly. the outs, you need to know their terminology, you need to know the buzzwords, you need to know who are the heavy hitters in the industry. And, you know, that comes, you know, you can, you can get that easily if you've, if you've worked in the industry. You know, for me, I had to learn that the, the, the slow and hard way, you know, um, through the years. But, you know, if you worked in the industry, hands on, you know, you would have a lot of that knowledge at your fingertips. So it makes sense then for, for companies like mine who are, as I said, industry adjacent to hire in directly. And then, as you said, Claire, it opens up this whole new career path for people that have, might have worked in quite traditional hospitality roles, but now can flip and use their hospitality industry experience, but in a completely different company and sector. Do you mind just taking a step out of the day-to-day minutia of the hospitality industry and just giving us a big high-level view of what are all the typical jobs that exist in the industry and like what are the major buckets or categories that you could put them in? The two kind of big, big buckets, if you will, would be like front of house and operations and then back office. So that's kind of the, the, the easy way almost to classify them. So there's the kitchen and the kitchen staff and chefs, you know, that's obviously the, the bread and butter of the, of the industry. And then you have front of house staff, you know, waiters, bartenders, etc. cetera. Um, you know, the whole in the industry, you know, F&B, food and beverage, you know, the, the servers and the people who prepare the food and drinks. And then also you'd have guest experience people. So, you know, people involved in check-in and, you know, um, concierge and, and those type of people. And then in the back office, you would have functions like sales and marketing and the reservations office, you know, taking bookings over the phone. It still happens, believe it or not. Um, and, you know, housekeeping, of course, which which can't be overlooked, which is a, a huge thing for, for hotels and um, particularly, you know, those some of those massive large hotels with hundreds and hundreds of bedrooms, you know, they would have laundries in the basement full big professional you know industrial size laundries so obviously it ranges depending on the size of the property and you know whether it's a hotel that has bedrooms or whether it's you know a bar and a restaurant but they would be the kind of general general buckets um would be you know operations front of house and then back office and then within that i suppose their department so like the marketing department that we spoke about which bucket would they fall into there they would definitely be back back office tucked away in an office in a, in a lot of cases it's a small room in the basement with no windows <laughs> that you know they can't sell as a bedroom <laughs> so it, they, they often end up there god love them but they would be there they're doing you know all of the marketing activities and the sales team as well i mean obviously c- certain sales people the corporate sales they would be they would be out on the road they would be meeting their corporate clients trying to drum up business but a lot of them would be office based as well and um, similarly with reservations you know they're taking online bookings, you know, responding to queries about about reservations and and answering the phone. So they would all be back office. You know, they're not necessarily customer facing. That's the interesting thing. And that's why I asked the question is because this is where you can see these things like start merging and becoming very different when we start looking at the role of AI in this whole game that we're playing here is what is traditionally a back office role, all of a sudden, when you look at a marketing role through the lens of customer experience and how do I meet my customer along their journey, whether it's them, you know, finding me online and then eventually actually coming to stay here, 
that actually very much blends into the guest experience. Mm -hmm. There certainly can be a a real disconnect there. And, you know, there'd be no no disrespect to marketing people. I would consider myself a marketeer and and, and love that um, sector. But there's a plethora of marketing degrees and courses out there. And it almost feels like, you know, the universities in the world are just churning out more and more and more marketing people. And, you know, they will get snapped up and they'll get jobs. But, you know, in hotels and, and hospitality, but they might actually not have walked that journey, you know. So it's really, really important that they, you know, try to understand exactly what you said, the guest experience. And I think that is where there can be a a big disconnect with, you know, something like AI, you know, you get all these marketing wizards, they put everything together, they've done the remarketing, they funnel the people, they're getting the most personalized experience. And then they walk through the door and the person at the front desk doesn't have a clue who they are. And they're still saying, hi, how are you? Will you fill out this guest registration card? And it's like, oh my God, what a waste. So it can be quite frustrating. And I think that will absolutely shift. That change has to happen and it will happen undoubtedly. It just takes time because, you know, that kind of handoff from the back office to the front of house and the guest experience, it needs to be a lot more seamless for the guest. Front of house guest experience people, you know, they are amazing and their whole ethos is service and they you know can give you the most warm welcome and, and a great smile and be, be really really helpful but then if you ask them to go and build a marketing campaign or go and respond to, to 20 emails like a lot of those people they want to be out front shaking hands helping people looking into the whites of people's eyes they don't want to be sitting in a back office figuring out a, a campaign or doing anything admin or technical so again some people have a skill set with you know excel spreadsheets and some people you know love being you know on their feet meeting greeting guests and i think both of those people need to try or both those roles need to understand the other and that's why in a lot of hospitality um schools so in in ireland we have the shannon hotel school which is one of the top in the world they will do rotations so once you come through the the program you and you will have to do a placement, you know, in in a hotel or whatever, they will rotate you around the various departments. So you might do six months in the sales and marketing department. You might do six months in housekeeping. You'll do six months reservations, six months front of house, etc. So they're getting to literally walk in the shoes of their colleagues and team members. And for me, I think fundamentally that's the, the best way to do it. You know, if you don't know how difficult it is to work in housekeeping until until you've changed 20 beds in a day or in an hour, it yeah. can be, you know, it, hugely valuable to aid team building, camaraderie, and just get that empathy and understanding in the organization. And culture is so, so important for, for all organizations and, and certainly in hospitality because the general public are walking through the door every single day. If the staff aren't happy, the guests aren't going to be happy. You really do have to make sure that the team is happy and well gelled and blended so that they can provide the best experience to guests. Because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And that's what they're going to be going to be measured on, you know, when it comes time to for the guest loyalty, for them to leave their review and, and for future business, you know. This podcast is all about the future of work. So I'm going to talk about the elephant in the room. How many of these jobs, because these are labor intensive jobs are, are still going to be around in two to five years. What is automation going to take out of the equation? 
automation is definitely going to take out some some jobs for sure. And we're, we're already starting to see it. A lot of these things can kind of start maybe in Asia and filter their way over to us. But, you know, we've already seen robots delivering room service. That's definitely going to become way more prevalent. It's going to become the norm in the next five to 10 years. We're also starting to see it. some kind of budget type properties offer this already where you can, um, there's kind of check-in kiosks, you know, similar to like a check-in, you know, when you can do it digitally without going up to the desk. They're starting to pop up in hotels now check in in advance online and get a QR code on your phone and then just walk into the hotel, walk to room one, two, three and scan your phone against the door and walk into the bedroom without speaking to a single person. And, you know, that technology is here. It exists. It just hasn't been widely adopted yet, but it it certainly is coming. Another example would be like a digital concierge, you know, and that and again, there's a lot of that kind of in-room technology now. So in a hotel in London where they give you smartphone basically um in in your room and you can take it out of the room and bring it around london with you and it has maps and 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 guides and and you know it's it's your kind of your digital digital concierge so definitely the people that do those roles you know certainly there will be less of a requirement of them i think in the future but i also think it depends, I suppose, on the type of property. And I'm sorry if I'm ho- focusing a lot on hotels, but that's, I suppose, where my, where I, I know, I know the, it the best. But customers want a different experience, whether they're on leisure or whether it's for business. If they're a corporate traveler, their expectations and their demands will definitely be different depending on which category they fall into. So you might want less touch points with human beings maybe if you're just on a corporate trip you know you just you get into the hotel 10 o'clock at night you've had a full-on day you don't want to talk to anyone just get me to my room get me my room service just keep it simple there's definitely more of a leaning towards that tech removing those human jobs on those type of corporate hotels that that do a lot of business business travelers compared to maybe the leisure properties sure i mean you say that's already that's already available at the moment, but say as, as a typical hospitality experience looking forward, what do you think that would look like? Is there, is there something that's going to cross over into all of those types of clients? In the short term, like in the next, you know, one to two years, I think the the big thing is going to be that, that that's going to kind of define the hospitality experience. Will A lot will be around cleanliness, around, you know, reassuring guests. That the, the, you know it's COVID safe. I'm already hearing a lot of my clients talking about making their cleaning procedures, you know, making it visible. So in the past, they might have hidden away the roll of you know blue tissue paper that you you see in factories or, or hotels for cleaning. They might have hidden that away before. Now they're they're kind of displaying it, you know, nearly and be visibly seen to be cleaning and 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 sanitizing very very regularly. And I think that is going to be really important for consumer confidence you know as we get back out into the world as we get back to traveling you know in the last six to eight months i'm sure we've all experienced places that we've walked into and we've just felt uh-uh, i don't i don't like the vibe here i'm not feeling safe this doesn't seem clean it you know they, they don't don't seem to be taking the right precautions i was only in it yesterday evening actually and i saw you know somebody wearing one of those visors but she had it kind of pushed up in her head almost like a headband so it was just sticking out straight in front of her like a visor like a you know like a sun visor nearly and I was like oh my god you're doing it wrong (laughs) but um, of course you can't say that but and then you know into the next five years I suppose the typical hospitality experience you know I think again 
sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I do think it'll depend on if you're a leisure guest or if you're a corporate guest. So I think it, it'll look and feel a lot more um, for corporate guests. There'll be a lot more tech, you know, so it'll be low touch in terms of human, you know, uh, human interaction and um, more of those kind of, as I said earlier, check in kiosks, you know, robots delivering the room service, that kind of thing for leisure guests. I think the typical hospitality experience is going to be a lot more experiential. Um, so people want, they don't just want to go and stay overnight in a hotel. They want it to be totally Instagrammable. They want to have this wow, memorable experience. And people are celebrating more kind of mini life moments now and nowadays, I think. And, and I think definitely coming out of COVID as well, there's going to be that uh, more of a treat yourself mentality you know I think we feel like we've been in prison nearly for for the last you know a year it feels like two years <laughs> but <laughs> I think that now people are like oh you know I deserve it I'm going to stay I'm going to upgrade because I deserve it I'm going to book a suite because I deserve it I'm going to go to the the fancy restaurant or get the expensive steak off the menu I deserve it so I do think people want more kind of luxury experiences and I definitely envisage a boom in that sector in the next five years. Am I hearing you correct in that you're saying that Within the hospitality industry, it's not so much a question of jobs being displaced and replaced by AI, but rather changing. Yes, yes. I mean, I do think jobs will evolve in this industry as they will in, in other industries, for sure. This industry, I suppose, is very guest led. You know, the, the consumer drives the demand and, and, and their expectations. And I suppose expectations around the booking, the booking process, you know, as I said, 20 years ago, you phoned up a hotel, you made a booking. Then you went onto their website and you made a booking. Now you go on booking.com or and then the next step is, you know, going and, and sending them an Instagram DM to, to book your, your next uh, hotel break. It has evolved and that is totally based on the consumer demand. It's the way they want to operate, the way they want to book. The roles will, will shift and, and evolve in the industry. And there certainly will be a certain amount of dis displacement, but it's, hospitality is, is quite a high touch industry and, 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 and ultimately, you know, it's, it's about service. You know, people need to be there to serve the food, to serve the drinks, to, to give that um, experience, to answer questions, to, you know, turn around the hotel bedroom, etc. You know, so there, there probably not as many jobs will be displaced compared to other industries, I would say. When we always talk about the future of work and automation and people remaining relevant, we talk about different skill sets that are going to be required, specifically in, in the hospitality industry. What, do you, what skill sets do you think are currently lacking? I think, you know, we've, we've talked about this in terms of, uh, the, you know, the big area would be, I think, around digital marketing. And hospitality is quite a traditional industry, as, as you said at the, the top of the podcast. And, you know, it can be slow to change. I think, you know, people within the industry would, would acknowledge that. But they're getting better all the time at, at adapting. And, and, and COVID in particular has really forced a lot of hospitality businesses to pivot. You know, suddenly they're doing takeaway service and they're doing all sorts of different things that they might never have considered before. So we have seen massive, massive disruption in the industry. And, um, you know, as I've outlined, you know, the internet, the OTAs, now AI, personalizing the experience. And really, I think the, the big skill set that, that is lacking is that 
or lacking probably sounds too too harsh I, you know that that I suppose needs to be enhanced would be making that connect between the back office the marketing all of those that, that amazing technology that can bring the customers to the door and then transitioning them to have a great experience once they get there because I think they're both really strong at what they do but maybe it's it's the the integration of those two if if you will and and that's not necessarily a tech integration it's you know getting the the front of house staff I suppose to understand the back process and and vice versa so it's it's bridging that gap I think is probably where um you know there there is an area for an opportunity for growth, shall we say, (laughs) instead of saying it's currently lacking. Is there at any point right now in the industry, like a large set of research that's been conducted around what guests actually want? Do they really want a contactless experience or are they still on the whole seeking that more high touch human experience? And, and then the other thing which you pointed out, which is very valid, is how do those numbers and what does that data look like for the corporate sector versus the, the leisure sector? Yeah, that's a great, great question. And I think there has been industry research done on that. And now I don't have it to hand to know the stats off the top of my head, but I do do know from attending industry events that by and large, you know, when customers are surveyed, they will say, yes, we do want contactless. You know, it comes out time and time again that the guests actually do want that. And that's all well and good until something goes wrong, because then they want a person and they want to talk to a person. And, you know, I think it's sometimes our perception of what we want and then how it actually manifests itself, you know, can can be different. So, I would say it is becoming more sought after the contactless experience. But, you know, I think to your point, it's definitely leans far more on the corporate side than the leisure side. If you're going on on a on a hotel break or, or something for leisure, then, you know, you probably want a little bit more of an experience. Now, again, COVID throws something into the mix here because, you know, we're not supposed to be touching so many things. So, you know, now instead of handing you a menu that has been maybe you know, a leather bound menu that's been touched by hundreds of people in the day, you know, now they're giving you the option to, you know, download an app on your phone and and place your orders through the app instead of having a, a server come to your table with a physical menu and stand over you and take your order. So COVID has accelerated this for sure. And some of it undoubtedly will stay. And I think some of that, some of it then, particularly at the high end leisure, I think it will fade away because when you get to high end, you know, four and five star leisure, you want to be treated like a king and queen, you know, uh, you you want to be really minded and looked after. And and ultimately, you're not getting that from an app. Okay, you're getting that from from somebody who makes you feel special, who goes over and above, who, you know, takes the time to recommend a really nice wine that would go with the meal that you chose. So there are subtleties and nuances, I suppose, within within that. But also, I think, you know, the contactless thing, it's worth saying, you know, that in a hotel, you know, the general manager there is responsible for not only the guest safety, but also the staff safety right right across the board. And we know things can and have happened in hotels all over the world. You know, we've seen hotels, uh, you know, have terrorist bombs. We've seen, you know, people commit suicide, unfortunately, in hotels. And, you know, 
ultimately the hotel general manager is responsible for their for their as I say guest and staff safety so you know you can't blame them for resisting this contactless thing a little bit you know they they want to know their guests who's coming through the door let me let me look them in the eye you can really understand that you know if somebody can just walk in off the street walk straight up to a hotel room buzz a a phone against a door and walk in and god knows what's going on and look you never know what's going on in a hotel room anyway right but you know i think there is just something about that you know it's a little bit of control so i think the industry does resist the, the contactless thing a little bit even though we do see from surveys that that guests are seeking it there is a slight resistance there. And, you know, when you look a bit, dig a bit deeper, I think you can understand that a little bit more. If you think of a, a restaurant, okay, you, we need food, food is fuel. We're human beings. We need, we need fuel in our bodies. We need food to eat. So we have a choice. Do we go to, you know, the Michelin star restaurant or do we go to the drive through McDonald's? You know, they're both fuel. It's feeding our bodies, right? But it's a totally different experience. So I think it's not fair to kind of brandish the whole industry as one because there are so many nuances. And I think the reason why people are choosing is very relevant. So is it leisure? Is it, you know, an experience they want? Are they celebrating something big and meaningful? Or is this just, I'm a salesperson on the road and I spend four out of every seven nights in a hotel room get me in, get me out. I don't want to deal with anything. I've spent all day talking to people. So there are different modalities, I suppose, there that need to be considered. Yeah, I mean, my thought on it was while you were talking was around the difference between budget hotels and premium hotels. And it almost sounds that the more contactless you become, the chances are you're going to be becoming more budget because that's easier to replicate. And the more you want the human touch, you would be almost forced or push towards the premium end of the hotel industry. Exactly. And, you know, I suppose it makes sense, obviously, when you replace humans with tech, you know, for example, not having somebody, a a person checking you in and there's just a kiosk there, there's 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 a salary saving there. And so, you know, that model lends itself more to the budget, the budget operators than, you know, when you go to a five star hotel, you're not just paying for gorgeous you know, linens or beautiful bath products, you know, you're paying for the whole experience. It's, it's the really highly trained people that are there that are taking care of you. It's the, you know, organic food that that they're serving. It's, you know, it's everything. So, um, you know, that it's, it's definitely comes down to cost, um, you know, for the budget operators, they are opting more for that kind of contactless tech compared to the, to the high end, particularly, you know, as I said, on the leisure, on the leisure side. Kira, we are moving through our time together very quickly. So we've got time maybe just for a couple more questions. I'm going to change the tack completely. I'm going to ask you what excites you about the hospitality industry at the moment? Well, that's an easy one, Doug. It's the people. Every single day of the week, it's the people for me. I've worked in this industry for 13 years and it, what why I continue to do what I do and I, why I love what I do is, is the people that I meet and the relationships that I build that I, you know, that I've built over the years. And, and, you know, I've many, many clients that have become friends through the pandemic. We've been, we've been WhatsApping each other and sharing different funny memes to keep us going during the day. And, you know, that's a, that's a really lovely feeling when you can, you know, service your client and, but also have a, have a personal relationship there and, and a friendship there. And it becomes easier to service them when you have that as well. And um, you want to do more for them. And, um, you know, we, we joke in wedding dates, we have our pets. 
our little uh, our little pet clients that we love and we'll always um you know it's it's human nature right you know you're you're <laughs> you're going to um lean towards calling them a little bit more often or sending them on a helpful email or something that you saw that that might be useful to them because you know they're front and center of your mind because you have a friendship with them so that's definitely the exciting thing for me and something that I've massively missed during COVID and the lockdowns is the fact that I'm not doing any business travel anymore I really really miss it I can't wait to get back into a room uh, some black tie function and somebody hands me a glass of champagne I mean I just can't wait (laughs) Kira, I'm going to wrap up with the last two questions, um, totally unrelated questions. Uh, So I'll kick off with the first one, which is one thing that we haven't touched on at all in this conversation is government legislation and how that's impacting the hospitality industry right now. Are there any areas where you feel a spotlight really needs to be placed on government legislation to bring about change and to stimulate new growth in the hospitality industry? Well, I think there's one area that is massively impacted, you know, the, where the hospitality industry is massively impacted is VAT. So, um, you know, there's within industry bodies, there would, there would always be lobbying the governments to, to get a reduction in VAT. So we, we have a reduction in VAT in Ireland now down to 5%, which is, is really massively helping the industry, um, you know, particularly get through this, this really difficult time. There's going to be a point in the future where they, they try to jack that back up and they're going to be lobbying them again to, to keep it down. So I think, you know, that's a really sensitive, a sensitive one and it has a direct impact on their bottom line. So that would be hugely important for the, for the sector. And then I think all the legislation around travel, you know, and, and I suppose not legislation specifically, but I'm thinking kind of almost around COVID restrictions and that around, around travel and, and safe countries and safe lists. And we need people to be traveling again. We need people to, um, you know, planes to be in the air and we need that to happen to get the industry back to 2019 levels. You know, it's going to take a number of years for the consumer confidence, but the the, the restrictions and, and regulations need to assist with that, I suppose. Again, obviously it goes that saying, you know, that, that it's safe to do so. But I think there's, it's quite unfortunate that countries are kind of doing their own thing in a lot of cases when it comes to COVID regulations. And um, I think it would be really good if there was a lot more cohesion on that um, and so you know that there was just worldwide like rapid testing in airports you know that would just massively stimulate growth if we were able to to implement that and people knew that they could travel with safety and with confidence you know and um, I think that would be would be phenomenal and um, to really just drive the growth and, and try to get us back to where we were before the pandemic. Kira, my last question for you my offbeat question uh, share some of the crazy things you've been up to recently. I know you have a cuckoo streak in you, and I want us to close with a story. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> this is kind of a bit a bit random, but it's uh, yeah. So I was very fortunate to be part of a, a women uh, female entrepreneur program um, a little while back, and it was for female entrepreneurs from from all over the world and. One of the um, ladies on the program is a DJ based in in Los Angeles, and she 
every year she DJs the after party at the Grammys. So, of course, I got to know her. I got to know all the women on the program. And a few months after we had been together, we spent a week uh, on this program together, really intensive. And a few months later, she sent us all an email and said, guys, I'm, I'm DJing the Grammys after party again. I can get some tickets. Who wants in? And in, yeah, and in a split second decision, I was like, I don't care what is happening, but I'm going to the Grammys. I'm a single mom of twin boys. I'm a business owner. You know, I've got a lot of responsibilities, a lot of things holding me down. I've, you know, I have a mortgage, everything. But I was like, I'm going to move heaven and earth to get to these Grammys. <laughs> so, and it was, it was only a few weeks afterwards, after she had emailed us, you know, and this is in, in Los Angeles and I'm in Cork in Ireland. So anyway, literally within, I would say within an hour of her email, I had the flights booked. And I was like, I'll book the flights and then I'll figure everything else out. <laughs> so I got to go to the Grammys and um, Alicia Keys was hosting. She was absolutely amazing. I got to see so many um, live performances. Of course, because we booked it so last minute, the tickets that we got for the Grammys were in the nosebleeds, like right up there. <laughs> so like the stage with the people were, were tiny, but we didn't care. It was, it was just so exciting. A couple of the other women from the program came as well but we were absolutely buzzing with excitement halfway through the show our friend who wasn't sitting with us she had obviously primo seats like in you know the eighth row or something she texted she texted me and said I have to go now to get ready for the for the after party so do you want to come down and take my seat I was like do I <laughs> so ran downstairs and met her and got her seat and then we were like right up close and personal I mean you could see the teleprompter telling people, you know, to wrap up their um, acceptance speeches and stuff. So it was great fun. And then we went to the after party. So one of those once in a lifetime kind of pinch me, pinch me moments. So. Well, Kira, get your ass onto a plane to Dallas. I want to get you into one of the most awesome cities in the US and we need to have a good time. Absolutely. I'll, ta I'll take you up on that. Once COVID is over, I'm there. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Doug, thank you so much for today as well. Thank you, Kira. It's been great to, to meet you. Thank you so much. Kira Crossan, certainly enthusiastic and infectious. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you have, we look forward to inviting you back sometime soon. Just remember, for more information about Wonder and the integration services that they supply, you can visit their website. That's wndyr.com. And so from me, Doug Folks, as always, and Chaos and Rocket Fuel, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>